It's a funny place to be, stuck in a seemingly mundane world with an inner knowing that the universe is so much more than our mortal minds can comprehend. Yet we all have the capacity to know peace and our oneness with the wholeness of life. And through these interviews, discussions, and reflections, it is my intention to share this possibility. I'm Ryan Kurzak, and this is the Kriya Yoga Podcast. Okay, great. So it's been a month since I saw you all last. And uh, last month, we talked about um, ways of experiencing supreme consciousness. Uh, we focused on some uh, verses within the Bhagavad Gita. And so this month, we're going to focus on the Yoga Sutras. When Yogananda was getting ready to leave for the West, um, Sri Yukteswar had told him to teach Kriya Yoga from the Yoga Sutras, to essentially base his teaching on what was held within the Yoga Sutras. And that was ideal because in the Yoga Sutras, we essentially have um, a text that tells us how meditation works, how the awakening process works. And if we can study that text and we can really glean some insights from it, um, it's going to give you the ability to experience uh, with all these spiritual teachers, with all these great yogis that you look up to, you're going to be able to experience what they experience. And we have to remember as well that the Bhagavad Gita, the Bhagavad Gita is a, uh, a blueprint for the experience of your spiritual growth, meaning it sort of outlines what to expect as you proceed through the process. Whereas I see the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali as being a text that tells you how it's done. So studying both of these is ideal. Now, the sutras that I wanted to focus on today, um, I began uh, by looking at chapter one, and I'm reading from uh, my book, Kriya Yoga, Continuing the Lineage of Enlightenment, because there's a commentary on the Yoga Sutras in here. Uh, chapter 1, verse 38. This particular sutra always fascinated me. And it simply reads, Also, the field of consciousness is clarified by knowledge of dreams or sleep. Chapter 1, verse 38. Also, the field of consciousness is clarified by knowledge of dreams or sleep. Now, as with all things in the Yoga Sutras, there are different ways of um, understanding, like there are different levels of nuance, there are different levels to each sutra. And you can always look at that and focus on the idea of yoga nidra. Many of you have heard that term. That's when many people go to uh, yoga studios and essentially what they do is they do uh, a deep relaxation in corpse pose. And that's often described as an introduction or, or um, entryway to yoga nidra. And that's very good and that's very helpful because what that does is in time, the more that you meditate, it gives you the ability to stay alert and present and conscious while you sleep, while the body sleeps, I should say. And then, and then when you're in that state, that means the body can rest very deeply, sleep, even snore. And you're still present and aware, which means if you want to practice meditation techniques as that free point of awareness, consciousness, 
consciousness that you are, you can do that while you're sleeping. Um, even, even to this day, there'll be times when I'll be laying in bed and it seems like I'm asleep and I start snoring and Jasmine will hit me to get me to stop snoring. And I am as awake and present as I am right now talking to you. So imagine as though you're like doing something and you're just talking. And then all of a sudden you feel like someone smack you. Well, it's, it's jarring. And it always makes me go, well, what's going on here? Because I know now that my body is going to sleep, but I'm still present. And usually when I'm doing that, I'm doing some kind of meditation technique, uh, like chanting through the chakras or focusing on a mantra. So in time, um, you can learn to remain present while the body sleeps. Now, not everyone likes to do this because many people find sleep to be an escape. You know, they've had their rough day, they're tired, they're exhausted. The last thing they want to do is to continue to be present. And sleep is a great way for them to kind of check out for a little bit. So um, the more you manage the stress in your life, uh, the more enjoyable that becomes because you, you, don't, you don't feel like you need to escape from anything. So anyway, that's one level, one nuance of the experience of um, knowledge of dreams and sleep. It's a very good one. But there's another level to that sutra that we have to consider for our, our, our regular meditation practice, meaning when we're sitting upright, we're actually in a formal meditation practice. And I'll read it to you one more time, and then we'll dig into it a little bit. So the sutra reads, also, the field of consciousness is clarified by knowledge of dreams or sleep. Also, the field of consciousness is clarified by knowledge of dreams or sleep. And if we go back to Sutra 10, um, it's described that sleep is a fluctuation in the field of consciousness when there is a thought or impulse towards non-wakefulness. Now that's really important to remember. Sleep is a fluctuation in the field of consciousness when there is a thought or impulse towards non-wakefulness. Again, we often think about that as, I'm just so tired, I need to let my body rest, and that's good for you. But the impulse towards non-wakefulness, that's not, I just need a nap because I'm tired. That's going back to that idea of the world has been too stressful, and I need to check out. That's when sleep becomes uh, a distraction because it's something that you seek to kind of zone out of life. And what we're aiming to do with our yoga practice is to not zone out of life, but to be pristinely engaged in every moment of life. And so that's why there's a focus on sleep in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali to overcome sleep. Again, it's not to overcome the need to let your body rest because you need to do that. That's good for you. It's to overcome that drive essentially to escape. And there are, there are described these kinds, these three stages. Um, the three stages are jagrat, which means awake, wide awake, jagrat. And then there's svapna, which means like dreaming, 
And then there is the idea, uh, sushupti, which is deep sleep. And when we think about these things, we often think of, well, we're, we're wide awake right now. You know, hopefully you're paying attention and you're, you're engaged. That's wide awake. And then there's the dreaming state where maybe you're daydreaming or you are asleep and there are just different things going through your mind. And then there's sushupti, which is deep sleep. That's when you're so out of it, you know, fire trucks could be going by or fireworks could be going off, but you're just so tired that you're not even aware of it. That's, that's, that's how we often look at it. But really with the nuances of Sanskrit, those words refer to the three levels of your being. And when sages and yogis talk about transcending sleep or using dreams, it doesn't mean that you become like the sleepless saint in autobiography of a yogi. If you're meant to not sleep, you won't sleep. Trust me. Um, we all need sleep, but to not be overcome by sleep. And so when we meditate, we have to recognize these three stages. There's the initial stage that we experience when we begin where we are present and we're doing the mantra or we're doing um, pranayama and we're there, we're engaged. But as time goes on, as the, the meditation technique continues to work, we start to slide into, uh, from Jagrat awake, we start to slide into uh, Svapna, which is often translated as like dreaming, but really it's just the subtle level of your consciousness. It's deeper, it's a deeper level of your consciousness. So that's when, if you can stay actually physically awake, that's when you start to have random thoughts pop into your mind or emotions come up or memories, or you see, you become so quiet that you start to see maybe um, visual patterns in your mind's eye. If you are able to stay again, physically alert and awake, then you are moving into that svapna or that dreaming state. And this is good because that's starting to give you the capacity to transcend your attachment to specific states of consciousness. Now, it would be wonderful if people could get to this stage. And again, what is the key? The key is to be able to do your technique and to remain awake, physically awake, and let your awareness settle down into that state that you normally only experience when you're just getting ready to go deep into sleep or, or when you're just starting to hit that dream stage when you're actually physically asleep. So what we're trying to do is to train ourselves to access these deeper states of consciousness while we are actually physically awake. This is how we, we transcend sleep. This is how we transcend that impulse towards non-wakefulness. And then when you get really good at it, you can even slip beyond the subtle level into the sushupti state or the deep sleep state. And that's when you are present. So right now, just be aware of how you are present, meaning you are aware of my talking, you are aware of looking at the screen, you are aware of the light in the room around you, you are aware of the feeling of your body. There is, there is something, the real you, which is aware of all of that. 
It's the same thing that was aware of when you were eating dinner last night. It's the same presence that was aware when you took a walk six months ago. So there is an aspect of yourself, which is always there, always present, just like it is right now. It's just right now, you are aware of all this stuff. Well, imagine if all that stuff could just go away and all that was left was just the fact that you knew you were present. It's just pure, a pure awareness. Mr. Davis would call it pure consciousness, pure awareness. And the whole purpose of the Yoga Sutras, the whole purpose of Kriya Yoga is to give you that direct experience of existence being without defining yourself through the fact that uh, my body feels this way, uh, my name is Andreas, or my name is Bill, or I've got this to do later. What if you could actually be awake and the only thing you were conscious of was just pure being? That's like experiencing uh, the sushupti state. And that's why um, when yogis talk about living as though you are in deep sleep, they don't mean walking around like you're a zombie and, and you know, someone uh, bumps into you and you don't even notice it. You just keep walking around like nothing matters. It means that you are experiencing life from that deeper level of pure consciousness, that deeper level of pure being. And that's where we start to experience real freedom. That's why it's important to understand this because so many of us, and m most of you that I see here, I know many of you, and I know that you are sincere on your path and, and you're not attached to a lot of the junk that goes on in life. But we are aiming to go so deep to experience that pure consciousness that whatever rises and falls, we don't have to ignore it, but we can, we can respond to it appropriately, but it's never going to shake us from that deep sense of being. That's what we're going for. And that's why, you know, this, this particular section of the Yoga Sutras is so important. And this is also why from a very practical level, and now we're going to get practical. So those of you who just like me talking about mystical stuff, it's okay for you to tune out now, I guess. Um, that's why it's important for you to be able to manage uh, your energy levels, to be able to um, get enough sleep, to get enough rest, to be rested enough so that when you sit to meditate, you don't just default into... And then the alarm goes off and you think, oh, that was a great meditation. You, you need to be as upright as you are right now when you are, when you are meditating. And how do you do that? Getting enough rest, observing the foods that you eat, the activities that you do that waste your energy or that cause you to be dull, tired. Um, and I, can't, I can give you some ideas and those are in a lot of my books, but you have to figure out for yourself when I eat a certain food, am I able to be as upright and engaged in meditation as I want to be? And then you need to ask yourself, how do I work that food into my life so that it doesn't interfere with my meditation? When it comes to what you do with your body and your time, if you are exhausted and running and running and running and doing this and doing that, and then when it comes time to sit and meditate, you just kind of want to take a nap. 
Well, that's getting in the way of actually doing what yoga is supposed to do. Now, I do this all the time, and I know you understand this. Um, there are situations in life when you can't help it, when something is uh, going on that you have to attend to that's kind of a, an acute emergency situation, or maybe someone has a long-term illness or these types of things. Um, there are things in life that you can't help it. And so I'm not trying to encourage you to uh, shame yourself or feel bad about situations like that. What I'm talking about and to are the things that you actually can help. And there are plenty of them. So when you think about your practice, don't just think about the techniques. Really wonder about are you living a life which is supportive of you of having the energy and the ability to stay awake and present while you start to go into these deeper states of consciousness? And this is what Kriya Yoga is meant to do. So there's that level of it. Um, there's another level of it that comes to the actual practice. Let's say you've got that covered. Let's say you're eating well, you're sleeping well, um, you're exercising well, so you've got plenty of energy, you feel strong in your body, you're not overly extended in all these different ways. So you've got an ideal situation to where now you can sit down, you know that you're not going to fall asleep. Well, now we have to consider um, the process itself. And sometimes we talk about this, but not often. Um, the process itself is one of moving from uh, obvious, uh, the obvious experience of meditation to the subtler and to the subtler states of meditation. How do you do that? We'll give some examples. First example, let's think about um, using a mantra. Let's say we use the mantra, um, Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha. Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha. Well, if we use that mantra, um, we can simply repeat the mantra so that we hear it in our mind. And that is one way of focusing on the obvious aspect of the experience. That's where you just simply do your best to focus on Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha, and you sink your awareness in it. Distractions come up, you come right back to the mantra. You start thinking about your to-do list for tomorrow, you come back to the mantra. You start thinking about what happened to you in a very difficult situation eight years ago, you return your awareness to the mantra. That is the jagrat, the awake experience of it. And that's very useful. And we have to do that. Many people only go to that stage. But now we want to move into the svapna level, the subtle level of the experience. And so what do we do? Well, it's helpful if we actually know the meaning of the mantra we're using. So Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha. Well, Ganesh uh, the son of Shiva, the son of infinite supreme consciousness, the remover of all obstacles, the experience of freedom and boundlessness. That's, in a sense, what Ganesh represents. And Namaha, that means I acknowledge with reverence. So what you do is you move, you've done the mantra for, say, five, ten minutes me mechanically, but such that you're, you've got the words moving in your mind, in a very obvious, direct way. Well, now we have to move from there to a deeper state. And how do you do that? Well, then you think about, you consider um, 
What does the mantra mean? I acknowledge with reverence this infinite field of boundlessness, of opportunity, of um, overcoming obstacles, things being free and working out well. Just, I'm just using these words as relationship to Ganesh. So then what you have to do is as you chant the mantra, now in, in the subtle part of you, the, the inner energetic part of you, you have to then imagine what it would feel like if you were within that field of awareness, of being freely supported, of having every appropriate opportunity available to you. Well, if you really think about that and feel that, there's a specific feeling to that. It feels uh, strong. It feels joyous in a way. So to hit the, the subtle level, the svapna level, the dreaming level, you have to start engaging the energy of the body, the energy of the mind, the energy of the emotions, emotions as it relates to what the mantra means. And maybe you only make it that far in your meditation. That's fine. Maybe you spend five to 10 minutes doing that. And that's, that's the extent of what you have the capacity to do at this time. And we have to remember that we have to build up to these kinds of things. So whereas it might take someone all they can do to simply just focus on the verbal repetition of a mantra. Well, once, once they get the hang of that, then they move into the subtle. And it might mean once you move into the subtle, you only have the energy or the brain power uh, to, to focus on that kind of feeling, that experience for two or three minutes before it becomes too much. You don't quite have the, the energetic muscle for it yet. But in time, that increases. And then say, once you become comfortable with this sense of focusing on the meaning, the feeling, the energy, and it, when I say the energy, I mean the feeling of it, the actual feeling of it. So those of you who are dead inside and have difficulty feeling anything, you might have to work on this a little bit. You have to work on the feeling. And then once you become comfortable with the feeling, then you can let the mantra go and do your best it's, it's subtle, it's slippery to, to move into just the being, the knowing that you are a part of that field of the energy of the mantra that you were experiencing. You move into kind of the witnessing stillness while still feeling that expansiveness all around you. So it's not, you're no longer thinking a mantra. You're no longer actively aiming to feel a certain experience. You now have the capacity to kind of let go of the reins and let the momentum of your practice carry you forward. And that's beginning to access what you could call um, the sushupti or the deep sleep state. So I'll review this because this is something you have to experiment with. And maybe we'll do it during the meditation today to help out. You want to move from jagrat, the awake state, into the dreaming subtle state while still being present not nodding off, not falling asleep, not going into a trance. And then you still want to be able to maintain that upright awareness as you, as you sink down into the, the deep sleep state. So to, to anyone watching you, you are just as perfectly awake, upright as you were when you got started. You didn't start like this and then end up like this and then end up like this. <laughs> You're perfectly upright the whole time. And if you fail, if you have difficulty with this, if you go from here to here, down to here, um, that's okay. As long as you are still, as long as you are aware of 
trying to remain present in a way because in time you'll get it. I can remember when I first started uh, recognizing these changes in states of consciousness in my mind and my awareness, I was perfectly awake, but I was like this, like it, I, I would catch myself falling over. And I was like, why am I falling over? Like, oh, my body is, is doing what it's doing, but I'm, I'm there, but not quite. And so I had to train myself to catch it when I started to lose it a little bit, when I started to kind of fade, I had to say, no, no, <clears throat> lift back up, take some deep breaths, get back into it, stay upright. And it was through that trial and error process that I learned to access those kind of three states of consciousness while remaining upright and engaged and present. And the reason it's so important, you know, many people can say, well, even if I'm like this, you know, halfway fallen over, as long as I'm still present and, and in that kind of deeper level of consciousness, isn't that okay? Well, it's better than nothing, sure. But the reason we want to be able to remain upright while it's happening is because that will enable us to actually maintain that deep state of awareness and consciousness while we are going about life, actually engaged in life. So that's why uh, people always, well, can I lie down when I meditate? Can I you know, recline when I meditate? Well, if you've got back problems or other health injuries, well, sure, you can do all those things. But if you don't, there's a reason the yogis say, sit upright keep your spine, neck, and head erect. And that's the reason, so that you can learn to carry those deeper states of consciousness with you while you are actually upright and engaged in life in general, no matter what you're doing. <clears throat> okay, so now that we have um, a general idea of what the process of staying awake going into deeper states of consciousness and meditation, while we have that fresh in our mind, what I'd like to do for today's session is practice. We'll do a practice session together. And um, if this is new to you, don't worry about it. Just do your best. But just pay attention to kind of what is happening, to um, how it's laid out. And then you can begin to experiment with this in your own meditation. And if you do, you're going to find that your meditation goes from a very wonderful time to be relaxed and refreshed and renewed to a time where now it's as though your spiritual engine has been turned on and you go from just trying to relax to really participating in a process which is enjoyable and engaging and pulls you deeper into it. And that's, that's what I want to see. That's, that's my goal teaching meditation and Kriya Yoga to you, to see you uh, learn to access and experience um, what Kriya Yoga is all about. This episode of the Kriya Yoga podcast was made possible by donations from Kriya Yoga apprenticeship students and supporters of our Patreon community at www.patreon.com forward slash Kriya Yoga.